0: All right, Mike, uh, thanks for taking the time to, to join us. I know you're uh, a pretty busy guy. You might be more busy now than you were in your, your playing days uh, going around the country and doing all these uh, uh, speeches with Catholic schools. Uh, just kind of tell us a little bit of wh- what you do and, and why you do it and why you do it so much.
1: Well, what I do is I have Mike McCoy Ministries, and what I do is to reach students in Catholic schools with messages of faith, hope, and encouragement, and I do it through an assembly setting, uh, grades 3 through 5, which is called The Value and Worth of a Person Through God's Eyes, because if I can get young people to understand their identity, who they are in Christ, rather than who they are in this culture, uh, we may have a chance with them, especially what's going on in the last 10 years in our culture. And then the sixth through twelfth grade is the three Ds decisions determine our destiny, and I incorporate that whole concept of our, our identity in Christ. But I have a, I have more that I do with them and talk about the landmines in the field of life and how their faith can help them through those landmines. And um, and I enjoy doing it, and I've been doing it since I hate to reveal my age, but I've been doing it since I got out of football. Uh, I got out of football a long time ago, in 1980, and then 1986 I went full time in the ministry, doing uh, prisons, public schools, and Catholic schools. And then the last uh, nine years, just strictly Catholic schools with Mike McCoy Ministries, because you can't go into public schools anymore and mention God. And, uh, and I do a little prison work with the ministry I was involved with before, but 95%, 98% of what I do today, the last nine days, last nine years is, is in is Catholic schools.
0: Yeah. In the last nine years, you've done over, what, 800 presentations to date and, you know, about 100 a year. It's crazy. What what keeps you going each week to want to do this, Mike?
1: Well, I think it's a couple of things. Number one, I believe it's my calling. It's my purpose in life. And we're all search for a purpose and God gives us each individual gifts. And um, my gift was, you know, sports, Notre Dame, the NFL, those platforms that, you know, people look uh, up to, so to speak, and uh, grabs their attention. So through that platform of Notre Dame, the NFL, I'm able to go in there and do something if I, if I was just a businessman, I couldn't do. And, uh, you know, even if I was a priest, because I studied for the priesthood for one year, probably couldn't do because I had that collar on and somehow... You know, unfortunately, young people say, well, that's just a priest and he's supposed to say that. And so I'm not their parents. I'm not their teachers. I'm not the uh, people in charge of the school. I'm a former NFL player, a former Notre Dame guy, and probably say about the same things they're they're hearing all the time. But for some reason, they uh, listen, and uh, that's one of the reasons. The other reason is when I get the feedback, You you saw my statistical sheets that I sent you, you know, you hear all these numbers, but uh, when I get these cards back, uh, I read every one of them uh, that I do from six through 12, and and I do keep statistical records just because I'm accountable to my board and my donors. Uh, Over 338 young people uh, in the last eight years, we put that on our comment cards at the end because we do comment cards, and they, they put their name and their school on it that they've been contemplating suicide. So, uh, that to me you know, is big, but also the fact that they understand what John Paul II said after our leave, after our left, who we just celebrated his sainthood, I think, three days ago, maybe four days ago, and he was a pope in the church, and he says, Do not fear, open your heart to Christ. Conversion is a personal decision accepting the saving sovereignty of Christ and becoming his follower, his disciple. So if these kids were like me growing up, you know, I was just going to church because that's what I was supposed to do and what I was supposed to believe and I had no problem with that. Uh, but after a while, it just didn't work in my life because I was trying to please God and I fell short. And I finally understood I couldn't buy earn or deserve God's love. And then uh, through a friend of mine in Green Bay, Carol Dale, who invited me to come to the chapel program in the NFL, I heard that simple message that I heard growing up, but it was from former NFL players, and it was from a business people, that uh, they needed to change their life, and they couldn't do it. It had to be a heart transplant, and that's what the power of God can do in our lives and have that relationship, and so uh, through that chapel program, I opened up my heart to Christ, and my faith became alive. I never really left the church. You know, I, I said, you know, I'm not leaving. I mean, uh, the church has helped me a lot in my background and where I came from, and type of family I grew up in um, was very comforting for me growing up in that atmosphere but got to that point I said okay what's what's missing in my life and that was it I never made that free will choice when you make that free will choice hey I want this instead of I had to it was a big difference and so we go to church on Sunday as Catholics and I don't know what you do between Monday and Saturday but I would venture to say most people just go ahead and live their lives and they do some good works and don't get into God's Word on their own and I'm starting to see a trend I would say the last 15-20 years a lot of Bible studies in, in Catholic churches, which I think is great. And I get these kids to uh, get these students to read the book of Proverbs, which is 31 chapters, and I encourage them to join the club, the book of Proverbs club. I, I, t- I tell the kids to do that night before they go to bed. Turn off all the noise we have in our culture today, and it's getting very, 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 very noisy and confusing for these young people. And I said, just take a deep breath, be silent. God says, be still and know that I'm God. Oh, turn on that light get a Roman Catholic Bible or got plenty of apps out there and just start reading chapter one. If you've never done it before, try it, see what happens. And so I'm them to do that.
0: 1969 Notre Dame consensus, all American, Mike McCoy joining us here on Notre Dame federal credit unions, Irish sports Saturdays. This is our focus on faith interview. Uh, Mike, you mentioned you're not that young anymore. So uh, is there any trouble connecting with the, the students because Obviously, they have no idea probably when you're walking in the door who you are, that you are a former All-American, or does the fact that you're still 6'5'' help you?
1: <laughs> well, I think all those factors help me. The, the, I'm, I'm a 6'4'' now. I did shrink an inch. Okay, fair enough. And, uh, and uh, i in fairly good shape because I try to work out a lot and because uh, I've had 15 surgeries uh, on my joints over the, since age 45. So I try to uh, work out a lot and try to look the part, you know, and that was always a concern of mine, you know, how old am I going to be before these kids turn me off? And actually the older I get, the more they respond to me. Hmm. Because now I'm a grandfather. I show my grandkids (laughs) and uh, there's a bond there somehow, you know, I show a little highlight film. When I was playing, and when I was younger, when I was five foot five, one hundred and seventy five pounds in fifth grade, and I was picked on and and how my high school cathedral prep helped me, and my high school football coach helped me, you know my dad made some bad decisions in life, so we ended up living with my grandparents. And uh, how those struggles and those trials and tribulations, he ended up uh, going to Notre Dame and being under Eric Harsigian, which was a great experience for me. And then playing 11 years in the NFL, and I, ne- I never planned that. You know, I told him, I said, "You see this little slide? This kid playing the NFL? I never envisioned I would play in the NFL, but you know, I did for 11 years." So, uh, I think all those things help. And and then I, you know, I, a lot of people ask me, "So Mike, when are you going to slow down?" and I said you know when god i guess tells me to either that i'm not being effective anymore or i just physically can't do it uh you mentioned playing
0: for the legendary era parsegan uh what did you do, what did you learn from era um and maybe did you did you realize you learned a lot more after the fact than than during oh,
1: you always do you <laughs> know when you're going through those tough times and practice and and uh, summer 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 practice and going through uh football season and, uh, you know, having have been very successful there, you kind of look back at that. And it took a while to say, you know, this guy was a special guy. He was a special man, not only as a coach, but as a person, his character, his ethics, and, uh, and what he went through in his family with one of his daughters who had MS. And she passed away, and then his three grandkids who had demon 's pick disease, and three of them didn 't make it, how that family, through that trial and hurt and pain, was able to take that and start the Air Force Eagle Medical foundation and now they went from no research to almost curing this disease they've isolated the gene, so how he jumped right into that and, uh, and then you know one of the things that I look back at and I look back at the coaches, you know, we, we had tough coaches, there's no doubt about that. But I don't remember ever being physically, not physically, but mentally and emotionally uh, put down as a person. And I, know, I don't remember very many profanity. And I heard Eric didn't want that, and he definitely didn't want the F-bomb that we hear a lot today, which is disgusting. And uh, so I never heard that on that practice field. You know, we heard a few things, but nowhere near with some of these coaches with coming out of their mouth today and I think that's very, very demeaning and very disgusting. So, I look back at that, I said, wow, that was pretty special and someone asked me if I ever wanted to get in coaching, I thought about it for a while and then I didn't do it because I saw what what it was really like behind the scenes, these guys give up their lives, Yeah. which is okay for some of them, but for me it, it just didn't fit and um, and what happens in their families.
0: Mike McCoy, former Notre Dame All-American in 1969, joining us here on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays on Focus on Faith. And, Mike, All-American in 69, but it sounds like your best game ever was probably 68 when uh, you kind of held this guy named O.J. Simpson to a pretty uh, limited game.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, that was pretty special, you know, because they had a couple of sayings. He said, there's no circumstance we cannot overcome, and we have no breaking point. And so going out there to play SC and uh, to play OJ, who just won the who just won the Heisman Trophy, our coaches came up with a 4-4 defense basically, and it was mirror because if you watched OJ in the films, he was a great cutback blocker, so to speak, and no pun intended. But he, you know, he went back against the flow, and uh, once he got past the line of scrimmage, you know, he was gone. So we 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 cut off those alleys and we held them to I don't know 58 yards and and 32 carries, and he was pretty pretty upset with that. Then my senior year, you know, we're playing uh, Southern Cal at Notre Dame, and I blocked a punt, and that set up a touchdown and tied the game 14-14, and we're marching down to kick a field goal. And for some reason, those referees called a clip on on one of our tight ends. We're about the 30-yard line. with a chip shot. Sh- shot us back to the 48 or something, whatever it was, and Scotty Hempel hit that ball, and it was going to hit the crossbar bounce back, and we tied him. So that was that was that was kind of an interesting game too because we went in to play Texas, I think we were uh eight, nine and one uh, or eight eight eight. I'm sorry, eight one and one, or maybe nine one and one. And they were undefeated and uh and we you we know, all lost to Purdue, which I don't even want to talk about. Uh, <laughs> oh gosh. Um that was that's my only negative experience at campus and we lost to Purdue three years in a row. Oh gosh, it was terrible. I still have nightmares about it today. But uh no I don't really. So we went into that Texas game and very well prepared, and should have beat them. You know, they beat us. Uh, what was it, twenty-one seventeen, with a last-second touchdown, and uh, that was pretty, pretty disheartening. But the next year, they went back out there with Joe Theismann, had a new year underneath his belt, and they just creamed them.
0: Well, Mike, thank you very much for taking the time to join us, and we we can't thank you enough for all you're doing to to spread the word uh, to all the Catholic school kids throughout the country.
1: Well, thank you. Take care. God bless.
0: That is Mike McCoy, Notre Dame All-American from 1969. You can learn more about Mike McCoy Ministries. Visit McCoy77.com. Kevin, your thoughts? I think uh, it's really neat to see his dedication to the Catholic schools, and hopefully we can use some of that era sayings, no circumstances we can't overcome, and uh, (laughs) we have no breaking points. Let's bring that back from the past for this upcoming game day for the Notre Dame Fighting Irish.